I'm Matt Gary Fisher, and this is the Burn From Within show. Each week, I interview inspiring people who have changed their career or life to light up inside. So if you want to get excited about your Mondays, work on meaningful projects, and have more time for the passions and people that matter to you, stay tuned. On this week's episode, I have Laurie Ann Arsenault, who's the founder and chief grounding officer of Freedom Within Wellness and has certainly made a huge career transition and life transition story too. Laurianne was a human resources manager for 18 years over in Canada in the government of Prince Edward Island and decided to change her life completely and moved to Thailand and developed a career and business training TRE or trauma and tension release exercises. Freedom Within offers TRE training and certification to people from all around the world based in Chiang Rai, Thailand, where I lived for about three years. On this episode, you will discover how Laurianne made the decision to leave her safe, secure government role of almost 20 years, how she not only managed the transition of her career, but her country and lifestyle too, moving to Thailand, what practice she has developed to fine-tune her decision-making and make great gut instincts and decisions continuously in career and life. The concept of grounding and how it can help improve the clarity of your thought and relationships with others. And what's the one thing that's made Laurianne burn from within? The full show notes and videos of other interviews are available at burnfromwithin.com forward slash interviews. So listen all the way through and enjoy. Let's go back to Canada, back when you were thinking about leaving a career in local government. What a change from, from working in, as an HR manager for many years. What kind of prompted you to go, hang on a second, maybe I want to be on a different life path. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that prompt? I think it was just an inner feeling or recognition that life was great. It was fine. And I was grateful for everything that was in my life. I had the life that you're supposed to have, right? The home. And I had the, the, we were all geared for camping and kayaking and had lots of holidays, of course, because I'd been in government so long and I knew the pension was coming and the salary was fine too and great people working with, but there was a recognition of this feeling deep inside that was telling me it's great, it's okay now, but that's on a downturn. It's, I could feel that if I didn't do something soon, that I would probably really lose passion and interest. And my life has been that way where I've not really had to wait for a big push from life to make me change. Normally I detect that. And I think we all do. It's just how tuned in we are to it. So that's what happened is I really got tuned in to that place within me that was felt like it was going to die inside unless I actually did something different, even though my practical mind was saying, this is what you're supposed to have and you finally have it, you must be crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so was it like, 
you say you're tuned you're tuned in um, and you're always tuned in we, we all are some of us ne- probably need to upgrade our tuners how did you know when it was a time to change like for people that are unhappy but they don't know if they should change how could they know that mm-hmm. I think something that I learned back at that time when I was part of a leadership program is about following your gut and noticing how whenever you imagine yourself in one situation and you notice how your overall body, mind, feelings, emotions, how everything feels when you're imagining yourself in that situation. And then this crazy idea that's been coming around your head in and out for a while, you imagine if you did that, how does that feel? And there's usually one of those that gives you some kind of a relief, almost like a lightness and one that feels more like a push. And so that's what I've always paid attention to. So when I imagined actually doing something different, I felt a lightness. It didn't mean that it seemed easy because that's when you start to get too much in detail about it. It starts to get heavy, but it's just that initial feeling of right now, this feels light when I imagine that. And I give that a lot of attention and I really honor that. But sometimes it just feels like this crazy thought and that's what you'll automatically want to call it is, oh, that's just craziness. We shouldn't be following that. But actually, it's not. If it's one of the first things that come and you feel light when you think about it, then chances are it is the right thing. It just doesn't make practical sense at this time, maybe. So that's what I started feeling into. And it made it quite clear that it was starting to feel heavy. So I looked at heavy and light and staying there much longer was getting heavier and heavier. Also, I noticed that my usual passion for work was weaning down each day. So that was also a big sign for me. Also my health. I think my health was fine, but I could feel that there wasn't that extra bit of energy. There wasn't that feeling in the morning of, okay, I'm ready to go. And that can become normal. That can become so normal that we just feel that way in the morning. We don't pay attention to it, but it was speaking to me and I I noticed that. Yeah, I'm fascinated by how attuned you are to to changes in your whole experience. It's not just like, I'm unhappy. It's, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling lighter. There's subtle details that you're noticing in your whole human experience. And I know both of us, you and I have studied NLP and like the the study of subjective human experience for those who might not be as attuned what what were did you have like regular practices like meditation for example or yoga that enabled you to notice these changes so that you could start taking action to to look to a new path Yes, by that time, I would have been spending time not necessarily calling it meditation, because I think the minute we do that, there can be expectations on what that is. And so I just spent time still a lot just sitting with no music, no anything. Because I think when I did that, it helped me start to make a separation between who really am I my truth and what do I want, and all of this conditioning 
And I think I felt as though unless I actually stopped once in a while and gave my chance, gave myself a chance to do that, then the two are meshed so together that I was constantly in conflict with myself. And so I was definitely doing some meditation or just sitting still. And I also was crazy about self-help books then. And I was actually part of a leadership program. It was called Pathways to Leadership that was offered in government. And all of the books were all about coming back to your truth. And that really being a leader in government wasn't about the skills. It was really about knowing yourself, knowing your your patterns that you get stuck into that don't allow you to move on. So I was certainly, those two things were the biggest things for me, those readings and being in stillness. And I would say, too, that I started with small things in terms of noticing what I wanted, things as small as food. What is it that I really want in this moment? Because many times it's just what we're, we have a habit to have. So before using perhaps what I'm talking about, hearing your gut with bigger decisions, it started with smaller decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go into this concept of going within yourself. Your company is called Freedom Within. <laughs> yeah. My company is Burn From Within. So we're very aligned in, the, in going in into yourself to find answers. Let's talk about the transition and, and also that decision, like I'm going to do something different. How did you decide what to do next? Mm-hmm. I think what I remember when you ask that question, what comes to mind first is having to tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> and that was almost like it's that same feeling you get if you have to break up with someone, right? It's you have to have the conversation, but it feels so scary. And it just you imagine the worst of what's going to happen. And so that was actually one of the first things that I, I needed to do. But I'm going to back up actually a little bit because it actually took at the time I was married It actually took us two years to figure out how we could get the finances to actually go. Because when we left, we didn't leave to move here. We were just taking a year's leave from work for a year to explore something different because we knew we really needed a change. And so that actually came from figuring out how can we afford this? How can we afford this to be not being paid? So then we realized that there was a deferred salary program in government. So I applied for that. And so what happened is I got a certain percentage of my salary for those two years until I had the time to actually go. So that was number one, was figuring that out. But then it was the finances to go. And what happened is one day I was sitting on one of my love seats in the living room and it dawned on me that this big, beautiful four bedroom home that we were living in, that we built ourselves and we'd only been in seven years, that it was only a thing. And that maybe, just maybe, if we were willing to let that go, that would give us the freedom. But it took two years for that to even become part of my consciousness because we were so attached to that home. And that's what freed me. That was a very big moment. 
That's so interesting because people often ask me, how do you have this lifestyle? How do you, how can you leave? And when I actually start questioning them, them about their circumstances, oh, I've got a house. Like some people don't even have a mortgage. And it's, hang on, if you want to actually do this lifestyle, you just need to ask the question, how do I make the finances work? And one of the big things is homes. If people own their own home, there, there is an opportunity to let go, either sell it or, or rent it out. And that gives you that little next step towards the financial journey of doing what you want to do, whether that's move to another country or, or have some breathing space to, to get another career. So super interesting that you had that realization and also that it took a while for you to let it go and realize that. So eventually you got the finances together and then what made you come to Thailand in particular and what happened next in terms of finding that career? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I also want to add that when we sold the home, we were told we'd never sell the home because it was during one of these periods. But because the other thing I've learned is we have to trust and make the decision first and then things fall into place. That's what I learned in that process too, is I've always lived that you have to wait till whatever's supposed to happen happens and then you're okay to do it. But we actually need to make it happen in some way, even if it's only not outside of ourselves, but inside ourselves, make the decision and know this is it. And so we actually ended up selling the house, no problem. And I'm sure that it's because we just really expected it to, and we were decided this is really what was going to happen. So why Thailand? We, whenever we traveled, I really wanted to come to this side of the world because it's really expensive to come to this side of the world because I was from the very east coast, like the east side of Canada. So expensive and it takes a really long time. So to come here for three weeks didn't doesn't really make sense. It takes you a week to skip back to yourself. So thought as well do the whole year on this end on this side of the planet. And every time I came to Chiang Mai, I felt Oh, this big relief. It was like, it's where I'd come to recharge and then go off to India, come back and recharge, go off to Australia, come back and recharge. And so by doing that each time, I just realized that there was something here that just felt good and felt right. So again, it's it's tapping into this feeling of, okay, I feel right now in in changing your career it's I feel lighter thinking about something different and Mm -hmm. and just continually checking in with yourself about that and then so you it felt right when you were in Chiang Mai and and Mm -hmm. so then when you were there and you realized okay this could be a base for me now Mm -hmm. what was the next step in terms of taking you to freedom within and how you decided to start that business That was nowhere part of my horizon when I decided to move here. If someone had told me, I never would have believed it. I actually decided to take a two-week Thai massage training course because I felt like that would get me in the a little bit more as a local because I would have to stay put in one place and go to this college every day to learn. And of course, as a result, I met many foreigners like myself who were already living here. And they started taking me out to these places that they go to. And then I really got to know for sure this was it. But I really, I, I used to live a very safe life prior to making that decision. It's quite something 
that I made that decision, I have to say, to even travel to begin with. Because I was a really safe person, and that's what I had been used to, but I was breaking out of that slowly. I went to a school where I felt that I could learn how to teach English because I'm a teacher at heart. And I knew that I could be happy teaching for a while until I could figure out something else. So I actually went to visit a school before I left to go back to my home in Canada to finish selling all the other things because the decision was only made once I finished that uh, massage course. So there was something about teaching that that kind of lit you up and and you realized that was maybe your purpose, certainly Mm -hmm. a passion. How did you discover that? Mm -hmm. How did you know that teaching English might be something that that would light you up? And how did that transition to to Mm -hmm. unfolding where you are now? Yeah, great question, because that's exactly what unfolded it. Because I had learned through this Uh, leadership program I was doing and a lot of books I was reading that really maybe we don't have one purpose in life and instead we think there should be one and then we stress ourselves out trying to find it that really we have many things that we're just good at that are natural for us that people really benefit from when they're around us it just exudes out of us without knowing and we've been doing it and expressing it since we were kids And so I had already been tuning in to see what were those areas for me. So I already felt that teaching was because and and a great way to figure that out is just to ask people around you, what do you get from being around me? What do you see as my gifts? And, And I could see looking back, even right back to primary school, how, wow, already then I was sitting with other students, helping them with their stuff. And when I noticed also that in university, I was, I guess you could say critical, but just always assessing my professors like, oh, if they just did it this way, that would be better. Or, wow, I really like that they do it that way. So I just started seeing the evidence in my life that, yeah, wow, a lot of my thoughts, a lot of the things I read, a lot of the things I talk about are often from a place about teaching. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you, you got that feedback and, and it, it shows your blind sides, right? You know yourself, but also the light isn't shining so much on these other areas that other people think are obvious that, Hey, Laurie's an excellent communicator and actually she's a really good teacher and picking out those areas, getting that external help really helps you to then be curious about, Hey, maybe I could do more of this. Like for me, I, various people said, Oh, your voice, or I, I think you're confident and previous jobs I'd had were more being in front of the computer, not really using my voice much. And just having that external feedback, it gives you the encouragement, doesn't it? Hey, maybe I could go into this direction and let's be curious about that. Let's move forward in that direction and see how that goes. And, and yeah, super useful. And I, I coach people that, and I ask them, I ask them to go and get feedback, go and just maybe you had it in in government as well where in in hr where you ask staff to to have feedback about other people as well and that that massively benefits your own life in a personal way so teach from teaching to tre what how did you make that step well actually the tre for myself came first two days before i left canada to do the one-year trip, which turned out to be a year and a half, I got a phone call from one of the trainers in that leadership program that I had finished 
already three years before. And she said, there's something I need to teach you before you leave on this trip. She lived two and a half hours away and I was leaving in two days for a year of travel. So you can imagine what was on my list of things to do. But I went because I really trusted this woman. And I thought if she thinks I should have this, I'm going to go for it. It's happening for a reason. And she taught me TRE (laughs) to do it for myself. So during the entire year of travel, I did my own, my own TRE. And so that really was a big part of me realizing that, okay, this is all feeling good. This is all feeling right. Because anytime you leave your environment, you really you're not in your usual routine. So you just notice yourself more and you're creating every day new. So you're not in your usual routines. So those two things together. And so I just continued to do my own TRE while I was a teacher. And if anybody wanted to try TRE, I always sent them to someone to learn. But then I started thinking, why can't I become a teacher of TRE myself? And the person who actually told me that I needed to learn TRE before I left. She was actually a trainer working with the founder of TRE. And so she, and it was her dream to move to Asia for parts of the year. So once I moved here, it allowed her to do that too. So she's been here every year, except this year, of course, ever since. And she actually trained me to be a TRE certified provider while she was here. Wow. So it was a mixture of fate and, and you being ready at the time to to take on something new. And also it, it, it became a passion um, and helped you in your transition. It was an actual mm-hmm. tool and practice that helped you with a new lifestyle, a new environment, figuring out what to do, meeting all these new people, helped you personally. And from that, you, you had the op- opportunity to make make a business out of it and, and join this network. So now you have your own studio and mm-hmm. you train people all over the world. Mm-hmm. What was it like to actually build up to that point to getting your own studio and growing the business? Because you had a background in government for 20 years. I don't know how much kind of experience you have in before that in terms of setting up something like this, like your own thing, it could be quite daunting for people and and a lot of people listening who might not have that experience and might be a bit scared, but they do have a passion and they would like to make it a business. Mm -hmm. How did you make that? Mm -hmm. When I was a TRE provider, I was offering some sessions here and there, but I didn't have a business yet. It's not until I became a certification trainer that I actually then started to look at maybe having a business because anybody who's living in another country in order to work in that other country you need to have a work permit and you need to have a visa of course and so it just made sense to follow along and actually have a company I tried to do this about four times and so what kept happening is I wasn't ready yet and so I just had to really trust timing so the first few times that I went oh my goodness when they told me the answers it felt heavy. It felt complicated. It felt really hard. And so by then I I could really trust that, okay, it's just not time sometimes what's in your future, but it's just not quite time yet. And so by the fourth time that I went, it was a cinch. 
I met the, the same person that I'd met three times prior. And within five minutes, we were shaking hands and he's like, okay, let's do this. And so it was just time. So it was just really trusting. And I also see a very strong correlation between having courage to act before we know for sure the practicalities of it, like we were talking about before. I have never till this day experienced any time where I found just that bit of courage to do something, even though I didn't know the exact outcome, that after I do that, something comes that I never could have imagined. It, it just it correlates. It works that way, doesn't it? It's funny how it does. And it's inexplicable in a way, but nice to know. It's also nice to have that belief as well, that things will work out. If you give it time, things do work out. It's the, it's a principle that I've mentioned several times on the show in Vipassana. There's this concept of a nature, which is basically just let things be. And over time, whatever's going on in your life, it will pass and things change. And and you just have to give it time and allow that. And you did in your transition, starting the business, going back four times to finally shake hands and make it happen. It was giving it time and checking in with yourself as well. That was another thing for this feeling of, hey, this is right. This is this is good for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into more detail about TRE and, and really what that is. Let's go straight into that. Like, What is TRE and how can it help people? Okay, TRE is a practice that actually uses the instinctual brain versus the thinking brain that we're all really trained to use to do pretty much everything. And so that's what really makes it unique because it reactivates a mechanism that we're all designed as mammals. So animals have this mechanism also to actually help us calm down our nervous system after a specific threat or stressful event, or in our cases, because we've all been conditioned to just keep everything inside and not necessarily express it, it actually helps us release years and years of deep built up tension in our system and release all kinds of adrenaline and cortisol from our system. And how we do that is David Bricelli, the founder from Phoenix, Arizona, he spent a lot of time in war-torn countries, and through observation, he realized that we our natural healing mechanism is actually shaking. And people may have seen dogs shake before when there's thunder and lightning or fireworks. We're designed to do exactly the same thing. It's when our nervous system gets too aroused, it wants to shake. But somehow we've been socially conditioned that shaking makes us look weak. Oh, now you're really sick because you're shaking or now there's really something wrong. Or even if I was doing this podcast now and my voice was shaking, people may not trust me as much because they would think that there's something wrong or I should be more confident. I'm weak or so all of these ideas. So he actually went back to America and he worked at inventing simple exercises that actually tire the muscles in your body that are involved in your stress response. And he figured out that if you tire those muscles just enough, that natural shaking will actually occur in a passive position while you're lying on the floor so that you can begin to release these years and years of buildup that we carry around every day. 
And yeah, it's fascinating, this concept of releasing through shaking and, and also people holding their emotions because there's something about our society that says we can't show signs of weakness. And that's what bottles up these emotions. And I read a book called Taming the Tiger, sorry. Waking the Tiger, maybe. Waking the Tiger. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. So that was my first foray into this concept of fl- fight or flight, but also freeze. And when any being freezes, trauma is trapped and that needs to be released. And all I would say to, to listeners is I've, even the first TRE class that I did with you, you literally, you feel lighter. And this whole concept of feeling lighter and more grounded, talk a little bit about that because this has actually been quite a important part of your career transition is checking in with yourself to see how you feel and that feeling of lightness is what guided you to say I'm going to leave my career of 18 years and go to another country that's a big decision and you played it you you yourself said you were playing it you had a quite secure safe comfortable life mm-hmm. but you checked in with this feeling and that was a big that was a prompt for a big life change and a big career change. How, so this concept of grounding, talk more about that and how people can use that to make decisions that could lead to new business, new careers and new lifestyles. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So the grounding is something that we've, we really focus on here at Freedom Within along with the TRE Doing TRE, and it just grounds your nervous system naturally. But what we also know is when you start to ground your nervous system, you also start to come down in some of that stuff that you have been carrying around that your nervous system has helped you block out because it was too much to manage or feel it. And as you ground more, you start coming down into it and feeling it more. Our role has really been also supporting people and guiding people as that starts to happen. And what we pride ourselves in, because it's what we do here on the team, is really uh, understanding that grounding and self-regulation is getting acquainted with your own nervous system. Because your nervous system is actually at the core of everything you do. The the partners that you attract in life, the hobbies, your job, your personality, it's all based on where you're revving in your system. So if you have a really high revving system, nervous system, then probably you're into big motorbikes like I am. And you're probably into really extreme sports because you have that adrenaline. So that's just an example. So it drives everything. So you live life through where you are in that nervous system. When your nervous system gets activated because of some stimuli, a sound, something something you smell, something you feel, your nervous system automatically reacts to that. And you're thrown around in this because it goes into automatic reactions. So self-regulation and grounding is really noticing the early signs that we're we're losing our commonplace, our ground, and already starting to do grounding techniques. This kind of puts you in the driver's seat of your life because you're actually noticing your nervous system. You're getting acquainted with it because it's running the show really for yourself noticing what are my triggers? How do I know I'm getting triggered and activated in my nervous system? 
And what are some things that I can do to make the choice to come back down, to be more connected, to feel more, and to make a response versus go into that automatic reaction maybe that we always have that's always given us the same results. And talking of results, one of the things I really like about TRE and certainly the way you teach it is there's this, uh, you use metrics, right? You ask people at the beginning of the class, how grounded do you feel? Like where, how connected are you to essentially to yourself? And then through a series of these exercises, you then ask people to check in a score out of 10 and very often it, it goes up and in some cases it really it transforms in just one session how do you think regularly making sure that your grounding level is higher or optimized shall we say how do you think that can help people in their everyday life yes okay so certainly being grounded in everyday life is it's life-changing. It's a real game-changer because you're no longer run by things or feel like ha- things are happening to you. You feel like you are the calm in the middle of the storm, that these things are just happening around you and you're not as logged into them or identified because grounding gives you space in each of your present moments to actually respond in a different way. So it's life-changing. Your relationships get tighter also because the nervous system is all about safety. So you just mentioned fight, flight, and freeze. And there's also fawn, right? Peter Levine coined that term. And it's because today, most of us, when we're ungrounded, it's because it's our ego identity that is actually threatened, but the nervous system acts in exactly the same way. It goes into threat and it puts you in protection and survival mode. So when you start to ground out of that, your connections with people get really strong because you're feeling safer and more connected with yourself. And that can happen as soon as the first round of TRE or very soon after, because that's what it's doing is it's helping you feel safer within yourself. And a second question on from that is you've been practicing this for many years now, as well as teaching, what long term benefits have you noticed from this? For me, long term, and I think I could say probably the same for most of the trainees that were training in the program and that have now become certified globally certified TRE providers, is that um, facing fear is much, much different because the nervous system is all about protection and fear. So the calmer you feel, the more connected and safe you feel within yourself, the more that when fear comes up, it's a thing. It's a thing out here. It doesn't overtake me. And I can still make the decision to move through it with presence. But the idea is not to always be grounded. You have to lose your ground too. And that's where you learn, right? You're you transcend those toughest times you recognize, but you're watching yourself now get all fearful and activated and freaking out and or really disconnected because you're in a breakup right now and you're feeling upset about that. So you can tell your nervous system has you blocked off a little bit, but it's with awareness. You're watching this versus being identified with it, which allows you to be in the driver's seat of making decisions that are maybe better for you than if you were just in that usual reaction mode. 
Yeah, and I love this because that's what Burn From Within is all about. It's making decisions to move towards a more passionate, purposeful and and balanced life and and basically to be happier and having a, a practice, a regular practice that enables you to not just do it once, but continue to do it, whether that's you make a decision for career change through to you, you're in a career and it's like, how do I, what do I do next for my business or for my happiness, for my health, for my relationships, everything. And so having that kind of clarity of thought is super key. And if to find a practice I find when I first started doing meditation and I don't practice it regularly, I have to say, but when I first tried it out, I was like, what, I don't think I felt anything here, but the TRE, you, you actually feel it in one session. And then, and that's what I find. I think definitely recommend people to, to at least try it out. What, how can people get started with TRE? Where can they go to learn more about it and how can they start practicing it regularly? Mm-hmm. It just takes an hour and a half to either do a class, so do it with other people, or to do a one-on-one session. And one benefit that did come out of COVID is that it forced TRE online. So it's now being offered online. But of course, it's always better in person because it's really about safety and the nervous system. But we've been amazed at the results online too. So to figure out if there's someone near you, you can go to the traumaprevention.com website and click on find a provider. And you can actually search by city to see if there's someone close to you that you can actually book an in-person session with. Of course, if that's allowed in your country at the moment. And there are also some online classes. We offer a free monthly class online. And the next one is coming up on January 10th. And there are also some of our providers that we trained that are in Europe that are also offering their own, we call them TRE shakeups, which are also group, group shakes and group classes that takes about 90 minutes. And some people just prefer to do it privately and we can do private sessions online as well. And usually when people do about three sessions is the magic, I think. Uh, that people really feel a shift that, wow, this is something I feel comfortable and safe to do on my own. And then it's your practice for a lifetime. And I should add too that David Bricelli, the founder, he actually has an official exercise video on YouTube. So people can also choose to just do it on their own. But we really recommend that people do it with a provider at least the first few times so that we can help people realize their own level of self-regulation and help them with that so that they can fully maximize and get the, the best benefits. Because otherwise we approach TRE from where we're at in our nervous system already. So if we go hard at everything, because we have a lot of adrenaline in our system, we go about TRE the same way and overwhelm ourselves, which adds more stress rather than release it. Awesome. And I'll put all of those links to to courses, the David Bocelli video uh, in the show notes of the show. Let's talk a little bit about purpose and how that's evolved. And we were talking before uh, we started recording about people have this imagination or, or conception that there is, there's only one purpose. And, and, and if I don't find that, then my life, my life is ruined kind of thing. What would you say is your purpose now? And how do you think it's evolved over time? And also, it, it might not be one purpose. It, there might be one of many. 
Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think if I had to say the one purpose, it would be to really realize my truest gifts. I think that's all our truest purposes is to realize what those are and really own them and really value them. That shifts everything. And then anything that comes along, in my case, TRE, and it's not always going to be TRE, it could be something else. Those come along as vehicles that allow you to actually express that gift. If I think about even being an HR manager, I see how my gifts of being a teacher, creating a safe space, and just really being a, a great listener and being present, like those things that I just do naturally without trying, I use those and they really were helpful as an HR manager. And that's what people appreciated in me. So I think it's just realizing what those gifts are. And I think our other main purpose is really to wake up out of all of this social conditioning, that personal identity that's been put on us. And nothing wrong with that. We needed it. It's all fine. But we have a choice now to really know that our truth of who we are is probably not that. And so I feel that is really the purpose. And to every day remind ourselves of what those gifts are and to see how we're expressing them and continue to own them and value them. Then everything, there's not a whole lot to learn after that because then you're aligned with your truth and things begin to, you begin to attract things quite quickly in that way, in that place of realignment. And when we notice, when I notice that I'm off alignment, that's when I'm feeling heavy. That's when things get hard. That's when the negative voice kicks in. That's when my jaws start to clench. That's when my digestion starts to go a bit crazy. That's when my diet's not so good. That's when I stop going to the gym. Those are all my signs that I'm off my path and I'm not aligned. And so it's time to, to stop and then just reformat the path and come back. And it's crazy how quickly when you realize you're off and you come back just by slowing down and relaxing a bit more and letting go a bit and trusting how quickly things will realign again in your life. So those are my purposes. Those are always my focuses. And I, I absolutely love that because I think we're very aligned um, in the sense that that some of the coaching I do, it, it finds what what activities energize people and what activities take energy away from you, whether that's doing psychometric tests or asking your friends or having a, 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 a kind of stock take of your life of, hey, what do you enjoy? What do you love? What gives you energy? What what is your kind of natural raw talents and, and strengths and things that you love doing and bring, as you said, bringing out these gifts, these natural gifts and, and giving them to the world and enjoying using them. That's something that, that I, I also love to do. And talking about authenticity and being true to yourself. And again, I've talked about this a lot in the show. The biggest regret of the dying is uh, I, I, the number one regret by Bronnie Ware who, who wrote the, uh, the book top five regrets of the dying was I wish I lived a life true to myself, not one that others expected of me. That's a number one regret. And, and to have the foresight to actually have an active plan and a strategy for, Hey, how do I do this? How do I avoid 
the biggest regret of most humans, I think is a smart strategy. So that's awesome. My last question, Lorianne, and this might be related to, to, to what you've already shared, but I consider someone that lives with passion and purpose and balance in their life, someone that burns from within. Mm. What's the one thing that has enabled you, do you think, to burn from within in your life right now? I would have to say TRE is a very big part of that because it's really allowed me to release a lot of that adrenaline and charge that was caught in my body from just keeping everything inside for so long so that it really allows me to feel more what is right and what is not right because it gets so confusing when if you think about it you're already up in that activated state that's where most people live nowadays and so being living in that really activated state we just get really confused and we also get on a treadmill. So for me, I think grounding that nervous system and the definition of grounding in TRE is just being aware of your body sensations, my thoughts, my emotions without judging or analyzing. So I would say that's probably it, Matt, is really noticing myself the negative voice the awful feelings the pain the all that stuff that is supposed to happen to help us evolve to the next level but not but be in less and less judgment and analysis about that just knowing it's also here to help me and like you said before it is going to pass <laughs> and i completely see how that can help people in business as well because it's all about reality you're with your thoughts you're with your feelings and, and if things change even if they're not pretty and they're painful just being aware of reality and not trying to analyze it and change it in your mind it, it translates into so many different areas of how can I manage change by being aware of the actual your present reality your situation it's from that it's almost from that data of the real data this is how I can just recognize it and then take the next step. I absolutely love it. And I think the, the biggest kind of takeaway I, I, I got from this conversation was really around checking in with yourself. And, and that, that's been an important part of your life, even before TRE, when you, you just didn't realize it. And TRE's this natural gift of, that you have of actually being able to check in with yourself and sharing that with others so that they can make better decisions, be able to have clearer thoughts, feel happier, feel healthier, and really be real, be authentic, be their true selves. So th that's been a prompt to actually have more of a regular practice of being able to go into that, be being able to sit in silence, to be able to do TRE, to be able to just actually not letting society dictate things, but checking in with yourself. So that's been a huge takeaway for me so thank you so much and it's been an absolute pleasure Lorianne. thank you very much i've thoroughly enjoyed this and thank you for doing these shows it's fabulous i love the work that you're doing it's really needed and cheers for that thank you thank you if you want to learn more about tre check out the links in the show notes now and try it out i notice a difference in my level of grounding and clarity of thought after just one set of exercises. So I totally recommend you try this out for yourself. And if you want to have support about big decisions in your life, such as changing your career 
or thinking about taking a different life path, like moving countries or shifting lifestyles, I can help you gain real clarity about your decision so you're confident to step forward to a new path in life. Just go to burnfromwithin.com forward slash call C-A-L-L and book a free 20-minute laser focus call to start the process and I'll lay out options for supporting you in the next phase of your life journey too in our call. Stay updated with more inspiring interviews by hitting the subscribe button now on your player for the Burn From Within podcast. And feel free to leave a review if you like this episode. It's super easy. Just go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash burn from within. That's ratethispodcast.com forward slash burn from within. I am here to inspire people and learn how to be a passionate, purposeful and balanced human being from others. And with that thought, until next time, live with passion, purpose and balance and burn from within.